But uh, as usual, it is a delight and a joy to be here today to bring to you God's words. Now, when we think of the word law, L-A-W, we probably think immediately of the Ten Commandments, or perhaps we think of someone breaking the law, perhaps in speeding, or doing some crime, and ending up in a court to face the judge. That's how we probably think of the word law when we hear it. But you know, dear friends, there are what is known as unwritten laws that we are confronting every day we live. We mightn't be conscious of them, but we are confronting unwritten laws every day we live. Uh, Let me mention one or two by way of illustration. Take, for example, the law of gravitation. Now, let me illustrate this very simply. I have in my hand uh, a pen, and if I were to release it, what happens? It falls to the, the ground. Now, you may say when I... It's a wee bit heavy. That's why it has fallen down. Well then, let me take a a tissue, which is very light. And I wonder if I were to release this, would it float around? Well, let's see. It floats down to the ground. Why is that? Well, for the simple reason of the law of gravitation. You can't see the law, but you can see the evidence of it. The law of gravitation gravitates everything down, downwards. And that is why when they're trying to uh, leave planet Earth to perhaps go to the moon, what tremendous force they have to engage in to uh, overcome the law of gravitation. They tell me, why are you sitting in your seats this morning and not floating about in the church? For the simple reason, gravitation. It's keeping you sitting on the seat. So there's one law, unwritten, you can't see, but every day we live, we are being confronted with it. Now, could I remind some of the younger ones of physics? Do you do physics in school? Well, here's a very simple law of physics. And that is the law of action and reaction. And one of the simple laws of physics is this, that to every action there is a reaction. That's another law we are confronting every day. To every action, there is a reaction. Take another law, and we speak of this as the law of cause and effect. And to every effect, 
there is a cause. So we speak of the law of cause and effect. Another unwritten law. But then another one, and it is the law of sowing and reaping. And what we sow determines what we reap. The law of sowing and reaping. And at this time of the year, dear friends, we're conscious of uh, this law being in operation. Because we will be thinking of harvest time, the bringing in of the, the corn, the wheat, the barley, whatever, and the fruits resulting in a harvest that has been previously sown. And that is what I want to speak on for a little time this morning. This law of sowing and reaping. And when you turn to the Bible, you find that the Bible has a lot to say about harvest. And if you were to take the time to read the Bible very carefully, that you would discover that the Bible mentions no less than seven types of harvest. Think of it. No less than seven types of harvest. And I want very briefly to touch upon these seven harvests. Now, don't press the panic button. I'm not going to speak a half an hour on each of the, of the harvests, but just to give you a little insight as to the different harvests the Bible speaks of. First of all, then, we think of the, the natural harvest of the earth. And here is what the Lord said away back in Genesis chapter 8. After there was the flood, and Noah and his wife and the three sons and the three wives came out of the ark, God made a covenant with Noah. And here's what he said. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night, shall not cease. Notice, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. And over the thousands of years that has come and gone since God spoke those words to Noah, every year there has been the natural harvest of the brown earth. This month we are, we are celebrating the harvest of the earth. But then of course the Bible speaks of another harvest and we have it in Galatians chapter 6 in which Paul says to the Galatians be not deceived God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap here we have another unwritten law the law of sowing and reaping be not deceived, God's not mocked, for whatsoever a man or a woman soweth, 
that shall he or she also reap it. And then Paul mentions, he says, he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And my dear friends, you have but to look at your television, turn on your radio, look at your newspapers, and what do you find? You find ample evidence of men and women reaping what they have been sown in their flesh. Think of drink, think of alcohol, think of drugs. And these people that engage in those things, they are sowing to the flesh, to their carnal nature, and they're going to reap what they have sown. I think of a dear brother, a Christian, that I've known many years ago, and before his conversion he was engaged in drink, a drunkard got wonderfully and gloriously saved but even after his conversion as a result of the years and years of drinking and abusing his body he still was suffering the effects of that drinking you see God forgives but nature never forgives and to his dying day, that dear brother, Tom O'Grady, that was a name, he still was suffering the effects, reaping what he had sown in his body before his conversion. God forgives, nature does not forgive. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Let us be careful, dear friends, that we don't sow to the flesh. Because if we do, we shall reap corruption. And then Paul continues, But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And surely this describes the Christian, the child of God. As he reads the Bible, as he prays, as he attends the fellowship of God's people, what's he doing? He is sowing to the Spirit. He's engaging in these things that's going to produce a tremendous harvest. And Paul says, he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So dear Christian, dear brother and sister, keep reading the Bible, keep praying, keep coming to church, because what are you doing? You are sowing in the Spirit. You are engaging in these wonderful activities that's going to produce in your life a wonderful, bountiful harvest of a life everlasting. So you have the harvest of the earth, you have the harvest of the carnal life, you have the harvest of the spiritual life. But then the Bible also speaks of the harvest of present opportunities. We go to John chapter 4 
And my, what a wonderful chapter that is. It's been a blessing to me over the, the past months. Our wonderful Lord Jesus leaves Judea in the south, making his way up to Galilee in the north. And between Judea in the south and Galilee in the north lay Samaria. Now no good Jew going to Galilee from Judea would ever think of going through Samaria. Because the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritan. They would bypass it and go another route that would bring them eventually into Galilee in the north. But here's what John says. John 4. He must needs go through Samaria. Not geographically. He could have went other routes. But he had to go through Samaria because he knew at a certain place, at a certain time, there would be a certain woman that he's going to meet. And the Bible says at noonday, Jesus, being wearied with his journey, sat at Jacob's well. The disciples are gone to buy food by himself. And then there comes along this woman to draw water. And here's how our Lord Jesus, isn't he so wonderful? Here's how he engages her in conversation. He says, give me the drink. I'm thirsty. Give me the drink. A simple request. The woman, looking at Jesus, recognizes him as a Jew. And she says, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask us drink of me, which am a Samaritan? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And that sparked off a tremendous conversation. And then the Lord said to her, go, call your husbands and come hither. Oh, she says, I've got no husbands. Listen carefully. In a matter of seconds, the Lord lays bare to her her past life. It's true, you have no husband. You have had five husbands. And then her present life, Auntie says, the man you're living with, your fancy man, is not your husband. And that saidest thou truly. Oh, she says, you are a prophet. The conversation continues. And then she says, we know that when Messiah comes, he shall tell us all things. And listen to this. Jesus said, I that speak unto thee, am he. Lo and behold, in, sitting in front of her was the Messiah she was looking forward of meeting. She leaves her water pot, goes into the city, and she says to the men, Come, see a man that told me all things that ever I done. Is not this the Christ? So the men and others, they left the city and they're making a way to Jacob's well. Now listen to this. 
In the meanwhile, the disciples come back, bringing food, and they said, Master, eat. The Lord said, I have food to eat that you know not of. What they said, has someone given him something to eat? And he says, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And then he says this, say ye not, there are yet four months, and then comes harvest. Look on the fields. And I believe at that precise moment the Samaritans were coming in the fields towards Jesus and the disciples because of the woman's testimony. Look on the fields. They are white already to harvest. My dear friends, every day we live, we are presented with a harvest of opportunities. To do this, to do that, to say this, to say that, to go here, to go there. Our harvest of opportunities. Then we also find there is the harvest of reward for Christian service. Here's what Paul says in Galatians 6 again. He says, let us not be weary and well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There's the exhortation, let us not be weary in well-doing. Here's the promise, for in due season we shall reap, here's the condition, if we faint not. Tell me, Christian, now I want you to be honest, do you ever grow tired do you ever grow weary in Christian service? Going to church, doing this, doing that. Do you ever grow tired? Of course you do. Paul says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Keep on it. Don't give in. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now sometimes when I preach and I'm having a hard time preaching, and sometimes that happens to preachers, a hard time. And you finish and the old devil says, my, you made a mess of that tonight. And you get discouraged, you get downhearted. But then the Lord says to me, you may have felt bound, but the word of God is not bound. Christian, keep working for the Lord. The harvest time is coming in which you shall reap what you have sown. And then, of course, there's the harvest of, of uh, the resurrection. Oh, I'm glad today we have a risen, exalted, glorified Lord Jesus. He's not just someone who lived 2,000 years ago. No, he died on the cross. And we shall be thinking that in a few minutes' time. He died on the cross, and they buried him in the tomb of Joseph Arimathea. And on the third day, they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away. They entered in, and they found not the body of the Lord. 
he wasn't there God raised him from the dead now here's what Paul says 1 Corinthians 15 now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept notice that phrase become the first fruits of them that sleep that means that our Lord's resurrection is the pledge and the specimen of the harvest that's going to take place when the Lord comes and my what a harvest that's going to be when all the saints that have died in Christ are raised triumphantly gloriously with the new bodies what a harvest glorious harvest that's going to to be <coughs> and then lastly you have the harvest at the end of the age we haven't time to expound the parable of the tares and wheat but our Lord given the explanation says that the, the parable of the tares and the wheat the harvest is at the end of the age in which the Lord shall separate the tares from the wheat seven wonderful harvests that's mentioned in the Bible I came across this very interesting story let me read it to you a farmer who was an infidel sent to the editor of a weekly newspaper the following letter sir I have been trying an experiment I have a field of Indian corn which I ploughed on Sunday I planted it on Sunday I did all the cultivating which is required on Sunday I gathered the crop on Sunday and on Sunday hurled it into my barn and I find that I have more corn per acre that has been gathered by any of my neighbours during this October. The editor published the letter in his paper and added this NB God does not always settle his accounts in October. And isn't that true? God does always settle his accounts in October. Now what are we to learn this morning, dear friends, as a result of this? <coughs> Let me very carefully and very quickly summarize. And here it is. Be careful what thoughts you are thinking what thoughts you are sowing let me ask you a question dear brother and sister this morning what thoughts are you sowing at this moment your thought life what thoughts are you thinking at this moment because every day we live we are thinking and in our thinking we are actually sowing 
Because what you sow mentally, you shall also reap mentally. You shall reap what you've sown. So be careful what your thoughts that you're sowing. And then be careful what words you are sowing in your speech. Now that's very important, dear friends. Because every day, you and I, we are engaging in speaking. And remember, if you say anything offensive, you can't withdraw that word. It has been said. Now you may regret it, but you can't unsay it. It has been said. You have sowed that seed and you shall reap the consequences. And remember this, you may have said things in the past that you have regretted, but you can't change the past. And here's something very interesting, not even God can change the past. Now we, pre we preach a God of, of, of omnipotent power But do you realize dear friends There are certain things that not even God can do And one preacher suggests there are at least 20 things that God can't do For example he can't change Now you change and I change God can't change God can't act out of character. You can act out of character. God can't act out of character. There are so many things God can't do. And here's one of the things. He can't change the past. And you can't change the past. What you've said has been said. And it cannot be unsaid. So therefore, dear brother and sister, be careful what you say. Because you are sowing words. And sometimes those words have caused great harm. And they have hurt people. And you can't unsay them. They have been said. And doesn't the Lord Jesus say that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. So be careful in your thought life. Be careful in your words what you're sowing. Be careful what actions you are sowing. You see, we think, we speak, we act. And all the time we are engaging in this law of sowing and reaping. So dear friends, this time of the year we think of the natural harvest. But let us not forget, the Bible speaks of these other harvests that are sure and certain in your life and in my life. May the Lord grant that when we see him in the glory, as we surely will, we shall hear those words, well done good and faithful servant because don't forget dear Christian you will have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ I will have to stand there you will have to stand there 
Not for the sin question. That has been dealt with. God can never raise that against you. It's been dealt with. Because payment God will not twice demand. First at my bleeding children's hands. And then again at mine. But your service. Your activity. Your thinking. Your words. Your actions. Will come under review. And don't forget dear friends. It's not how you please the one sitting beside you. Or how you please the elders. Oh no. What will count in that day. Is what has pleased him. What he say to you. And say to me. Well done. Good. And faithful servant. But the Lord take these thoughts. Take his word. And apply them to all our hearts. For his name's sake. Amen.